0: Hey there, it's Gary Partridge. It's Monday, March 7th, 2022. Welcome back to the CBS Sports. I own college basketball podcast where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, and leaky black Matt Norlander is here with me. And before the Power Conference tournaments get started, we're going to be doing short episodes on the top six. That's the ACC tournament, Big Ten, Big 12, Big East, Pac-12, SEC. So look for them wherever you look for stuff. This episode is on the ACC tournament, which starts Uh, Tuesday, inside Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Duke is the outright ACC champion, and thus the number one seed in this tournament. That means the Blue Devils get a bye until Thursday's quarterfinal. Same goes for the other three top four seeds. That's two-seed Notre Dame, three-seed North Carolina, four-seed Miami. Dead leg. First question for you. Is there any reason to pick anybody other than Duke to win the ACC tournament?
1: Uh, we can probably dig up a few reasons here, but Duke s- sets up as I think the strongest favorite. Although I'd be Ken Palm actually runs these. So as we do this, I'll look at this in real time and see if his, uh, his log five has Duke as the most likely power conference tournament champion to me Duke feels like the most likely power, power five, big six, how we want to say it, including the big East conference tournament champion, even including the American there. So it's possible. You got Caroline on the other side of the bracket. Once he's coming off that win against Cameron. So we'll see, uh, We'll see what we get there. In fact, I might have to make a prediction on this championship game before we get out of this uh, podcast. But I think Duke is a pretty sturdy, heavy favorite in this spot. I will note, if Duke wins its quarterfinal and it meets Miami in the semis, Miami does also have a win at Cameron this season. So not unthinkable that Duke could get knocked off again. And we wait and see how the Blue Devils will respond after that, you know, just – Stunning loss against North Carolina on its home floor. Are we going to see a Duke team as laser focused as Mike Krzyzewski is going to want it to be? I think that's possible, but I would I would lean heavily right now heading into this week that Duke is going to, at minimum, uh, make a pretty strong charge to the title game.
0: Yeah, Duke is obviously the favorite. Um, the only team in the ACC in the top 25 at Ken Palm. Um, you're not going to find that type of situation in the other power conferences. But it should be noted Um, You mentioned Miami, one at Cameron. You know, Duke has lost to four of these teams this season, and three of the four losses were at home. They lost to Miami, Florida State, Virginia, and North Carolina. So it's not like the Blue Devils can't lose or don't lose to inferior teams. Um, I I still think that, you know, I'll pick them to win the ACC tournament, but... We've watched him lose to inferior ACC teams enough to make this a situation where, um, you know, I, I wouldn't write it down in permanent marker. right now, Jerry Palm has got Duke projected as a two- seed. Do you think the Blue Devils can get to a one seed?
1: I don't think so. Uh, I mean, here's what's has to happen. Bear in mind, we are recording this on Monday afternoon. This is important because if Gonzaga were to lose to San Francisco, Gonzaga falling off the one line becomes a real possibility, in my opinion, just a possibility. Um, but Baylor's in a strong spot where I don't know if Baylor can lose a one seed, to be honest. Uh, so that's a spot that won't be taken. Arizona could lose it, the one seed, if it loses in the Pac-12, if we were to lose the first game. we got to at least allow for these possibilities. It's the postseason. Anything can happen. And then Auburn's not safe. So you probably have some shiftiness available on the one line, but Duke would have to get over Kansas and Kentucky. You know, they'd have to jump those teams. And keep in mind, this is important. I think this sometimes gets lost once we get to the postseason. You know, 90 to 95%, sometimes 98 of a percent of a team's resume has already been established at this point. You get one, two, maybe three games if you make a miraculous run in a big one of these big tournaments. We're like, if you're the worst, if you're the worst seed in the ACC, you got to play five games. So you got a little more potential on the back end if you're horrendous. But the point I'm making here is, yeah, there's some room for some movement, but a lot of these teams are kind of where they should be. You can move one up one line, maybe down one line, but that's usually pretty much it. Unless, again, you're outside the bubble, you're a bubble team, and then you go off and you peel three quad one wins. That's going to make an impact. So I, I say that as a reminder that Duke on the two line getting to the one. It's not absolutely impossible, but it 100% needs to win the ACC tournament, and then it needs a ton of help that I just don't think everything's going to break its way. I think Duke will wind up as a two, and it will be in the East once we get to Selection Sunday. That's my guess as of right now.
0: Yeah, I think they're probably locked into a two or a three. If I remember correctly, Jerry Palm, after the loss to North Carolina, dropped Duke down to a three seed. Then Wisconsin loses to Nebraska, and I think he moved Duke back ahead of Wisconsin and so Duke is a two seed in the latest projected bracket five and one in quadrant one. That's good. Five and three in quadrant two. So 10 and four in the first two quarters with a quadrant three loss uh, to Virginia. Also on the resume, their quarterfinal game is going to be against. So their first game is going to be against either Syracuse or Florida state. So that doesn't help you winning that one. It doesn't enhance your resume in any meaningful way. So at most this week, Duke can get two more quadrant one wins to get up to seven. And I just don't think that's going to be enough to get them, you know, as one of the top four resumes in the sport. Gonzaga. Would you agree with this locked in as a one? I only
1: don't agree with it. If Gonzaga were to lose to San Francisco and then like Kansas won the big 12 tournament over Baylor, allowing for maybe two ones from the big 12 to happen. And then, Kentucky wins the sec tournament. Like may I could maybe see a case where Gonzaga falls off the one line. Again, it has to lose to San Francisco. Uh, people are going to be listening to this after that happens. So I just want to be clear. I, I think Gonzaga is going to beat usf, but for the purposes of when we're recording this, otherwise, yeah, Gonzaga into the WCC title game. It's locked on
0: the one line. So Gonzaga, probably a one. Yeah. Arizona at this point, probably a one. Do we, do we think so? We did the PAC 12
1: preview me, me and, uh, Boone did, I think so, Parrish, because I think they're going to do well in that. But if you really look at, you know, how their numbers stack up to the rest of the field, and if they were to take a bad loss, I just think it's, I think it's still out there. Just a slight, they have to lose their first game. Arizona has played eight quad four opponents, and so it's some of its overall numbers might get dragged a little bit if it were to take a bad loss. It's five and three in quad one. Arizona's eight and three Baylor's eleven and four Kentucky is eight uh you know Kansas is ten and five Duke is five and one so just keep that in mind I'm I'm mostly with you but I want to at least uh, key in the audience on Arizona should be but I don't know if it's super super safe
0: I guess I'd put it this way I don't know that Gonzaga that Duke can pass Gonzaga or Arizona mm. even with winning the ACC tournament I think it's difficult to do um then you've got Kentucky and Auburn in the SEC tournament if one of them wins that, with you know, th- then that team that wins is going to be a number one seed. Mm-hmm. Um, Kansas Baylor in the Big 12 tournament, that's where you could have two number ones, but the winner of that, if it's Kansas or Baylor, is going to be a one seed. So, there just might ultimately, and I guess this is the point I'm trying to make, there just might not be a spot yeah. for Duke, uh, to be a one seed in this NCAA tournament. Um, but you know, as always, we'll see at this point. I think win the ACC tournament, two seed. Anything short of that, a two, but possibly slipping down to a three seed.
1: Yeah, that's the floor.
0: Yeah, that's the floor. The ACC right now, according to Jerry Palm, projects as a four bid league. Duke is a two seed. Notre Dame is a 10. Miami is a 10. North Carolina as an 11. And right now, Wake Forest is the first team out of Palm's bracket. I think Duke, Notre Dame... Miami are all good to go. Obviously, Duke is. Notre Dame and Miami, I think so as well. North Carolina, probably good to go no matter what happens in the ACC tournament. So let's focus on Wake Forest. Demon Deacons, they got work to do. They have the ACC Coach of the Year, Steve Forbes. ACC Player of the Year, Alondis Williams. So they have two major award winners, but just one quadrant, one win. What does Wake Forest need to do to secure an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament? Uh, for
1: sure. I Can't lose. Now you said Palms got him out, right? Literally first
0: team out of the field right now.
1: As we record this, uh, the all new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.
0: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, We Know Talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
1: Okay. I I don't you you know why that's the you know why I think that's the reason? I haven't asked Jerry about this, but there's one reason why I think that's the case right now. What do you think it is?
0: Why are they the first team out?
1: Yeah, aside from their whole you know win loss record, why do you think they're out?
0: I mean somebody bumped them out yesterday with a on Sunday with a win
1: that and if you now again, I'm not saying this is the decisive thing, but I think Palm's thinking might apply here trying to project what the committee would be doing. and I don't blame Forbes for this at all. Non-conference strength of schedule is 351 out of 358. The point being, Wake Force has a good record. When you stack it up against other teams, the committee, which still takes into account some, you know, what you did versus how your level of difficulty of other bubble teams, I think that's probably why he's got Wake out. I would have Wake in the field right now, but if you look at the um, if you look at the ACC tournament bracket overall, it's going to have it's going to have a path to do that. I think it's going to be. I, I think I think it will be able to. To be okay. You just can't lose to Pitt or Boston College. Okay. That's going to be the, the second round game on Wednesday. Pitt or Boston College will play Wake Forest. Don't lose that, by the way. Steve Forbes has been rewarded with a new contract extension. Steve Forbes is the ACC coach of the year. Alondis Williams is the player of the year in the conference. So you beat Pitt or Boston College, which should happen. Then you go up against a Miami team that is safely in the field, a Miami team that has swept Wake Forest this season. You win there, it's not even going to be a debate. Wake Forest, if it loses against Miami, I do think it's going to be in a group of about three teams, maybe four teams, that are really going to be sitting uh, pretty tightly. One of those teams could be Rutgers. We'll get to that on the Big Ten um, pod, of course. But win two, you're in for sure. Win one, you still might have enough. Palm has them out. I know this is a fairly disputed team at right now. I think this team, it's one of those classic cases of, like, I look at them and I'm like, yeah, that that does, even though the ACC's been down, GP, Looks like an, It looks like an NCAA tournament team to me right now. But if you want to stack up the resume and say they're just out or they're just in, I get that as well. I would have them in the field as of now. Uh, I would definitely have them out of the field if for some reason they were to lose against Pitt or BC. I don't think that's going to happen. I think they'll win. They'll play Miami, and then that'll be a pretty intriguing game. By the way, I should be boots on the ground literally at that game on Thursday afternoon at Barclays Center. I'm planning to be there for Duke versus whoever it plays on the nooner, and then that'll be a 2.30 tip on Thursday uh, in Brooklyn.
0: You are right that the committee has used strength of schedule and, more specifically, non-conference strength of schedule against teams in the past, and so Wake is susceptible, susceptible to that this season. I hate that. I don't care what I your know you hate it. But it's,
1: I know. I know you hate it, but you have to gauge at least a little bit on. How steep your climb has been. I'm not saying it should be a deciding factor, Parish. And the committee does. It. I don't hate it. I know you don't like it, and I, and it doesn't. What it doesn't do that we agree on. Your it. strength of schedule does not tell you how good you are. I get it, but you have to slope against other teams. So I don't have an issue with saying this team is is 23 and eight. This team is 23 and eight. But this team in the non conference had a schedule that ranked 98 out of 358. This one had a schedule that ranked 351. If you want to use that to help parse your argument, I personally don't have a beef with it. That's all.
0: I hate it. Let me tell you the things I hate in this world. Number, number one, Black Olives. Number two, hotel rooms really far away from an elevator.
1: Without a bathroom door.
0: By the way, somebody tweeted me this morning. So they stayed in that same hotel you were in. They, there is a bathroom door. It's just like a sliding shut thing.
1: I did not have a bathroom door. <laughs>
0: okay. He called you a bathroom door denier. Yeah, that's because that's what I
1: want to be. <laughs> I told you there was a there was a little like a thing on the a ground. I think
0: there was once a door there. I didn't have a door. Hate black olives. I hate hotel rooms really far from an elevator, and I hate airports without a Delta Sky Club, and I hate strength of schedule because it doesn't mean what people think it means. Like if you rank fifth in the country in three point field goal percentage, it means you make a higher percentage of your 3 pointed tips than all but four teams in the country. It means exactly what it suggests it means. If you had the number one strength of schedule in the country, it does not necessarily mean you played the toughest schedule in America. That that, that is a a data point that is misleading. Beyond that, I don't care what somebody's schedule strength is. I care about what they did. What did you actually do? So let's look at what you did in quadrant one. Let's look at what you did in quadrant two. Let's look at what you've actually done this season. I don't care where your schedule ranks.
1: Harish, that is based off of the same kind of evaluations that determine strength of schedule to begin with. When you are going quadrant one, quadrant two, those teams are sorted in a specific order based off of their accomplishments and what their opponents did in their opponents' opponents, so it's similar to strength of schedule.
0: Like, I... I don't care if – like you you realize you can manipulate a strength of schedule incredibly by just playing team a whole bunch of teams ranked between 150 and 200 as opposed yes. to teams ranked between 250 and 300?
1: We are completely on the same page with okay,
0: that. Okay, well, you're going to beat all those teams anyway. <laughs> You'll beat them all anyway. So why do I care what your strength of schedule is? Unless when you're Rutgers. Unless, Unless, Unless you're, you're Rutgers. Rutgers. Unless you're Rutgers and you run into Lafayette. Now you got problems. But what, why do I care if you beat a bunch of quad four teams instead of a bunch of quad three teams? They're all trash anyway. You just beat a bunch of trash teams no matter what. But if you're playing all quad three games instead of quad four games, well, then uh, you're going to have a better strength of schedule. I just think it's a stupid thing th- th- to, to, to use to gauge what a team's actually accomplished. Let's look at who they pl- Who did they play? Where did they get their big wins? What kind of horrific losses did they take? And then let's, let's put that up against everybody else in the country. If you do that with Wake, It's pretty good. Five and seven in the first two quadrants. Um, And they do have a quadrant three loss on the resume as well. Um, If you want to have them out of the bracket right now, like I'm not disputing that they should be. I'm just saying I don't care at all about their non-league strength of schedule. Um, In defense of Forbes, by the way, on that, I think he thought his team was going to be good. I don't think he thought he was competing for an NCAA tournament bid this season. I agree. I, I don't is. think it should be held against him, but I they just, I just,
1: yeah, I think i yeah, might yeah, no.
0: Well then we're in agreement then you, I don't think it should be held against him either, but we both acknowledge that it might be. Yeah. Um, they won six games last season in his first year at Wake Forest. They were six and 16, 23 and eight right now. It's like a historically great turnaround. Uh, so when you're in a league like the ACC and you don't think if you're being honest with yourself in year two, I don't probably don't have an NCAA tournament team on paper You'd be a fool to schedule aggressively in the non-league. You you need to get wins somewhere, and he was just trying to get wins somewhere. And so that that's the best explanation for the non-league strength of schedule. But whatever. As it pertains to this week, obviously they they got to beat either Pitt or Boston College in game one. You lose that one, you, you go try to win the NIT. Then they would play Miami on Thursday. You don't think they need to win that? I think they might need to win that game, too.
1: Again, this is a classic. Not everything happens in a vacuum of kind of deal. Because, um, you know, a major storyline of the bracket that's going to break out here is is Wake and Miami are, are arguably the two resurgent teams in the league this season. Miami, you know, after being an irrelevant for four years, comes back and has a really nice season and it's safely in. And now if Wake Forest can dodge getting beat by Miami three times, uh, that would certainly help its case. I'm not ready to say that a Wake Forest loss to Miami means it shouldn't be in the field. I I understand it would be a pretty close call, but I don't know. I still, I still, I, would again, I'd have them in right now. Um, Best wins are at Virginia Wake Forest right now. Best wins at Virginia tech at Virginia home to North Carolina, you know, Home to Notre Dame. That's probably it. Yeah, you know what? I, I think they're they going back and forth on this team. They, I guess they probably need to. They probably need to. There's not... The worst loss on the schedule, I guess, is at Louisville. There's no guess about it. It's the, That's the worst one. If Wake had just been able to not lose non-competitively at Syracuse at the end of January or not take an L two weeks ago at Clemson when either of those games I think it's a different situation yes sometimes it can come down to one loss one win that result being different if this was a 24 and 7 team instead of being 23 and 8 right now it might be in a little bit of a better spot but this shouldn't be surprising big picture GP we knew that by the time we got to the ACC tournament, there would be a situation where there were teams on the bubble. It's not the case with Miami. I don't believe it's the case with Notre Dame, and it's definitely not the case with North Carolina as far as I'm concerned. But Wake Forest and Virginia Tech are the two teams that enter into this bracket being on the bubble. Virginia Tech's going to absolutely need to win at least two. It's going to get the winner of Clemson-NC State. The Virginia Tech game will happen on Wednesday, and then Virginia Tech, if it wins, will play number 2 Notre Dame. The Hokies will need to win that game minimally to t- at least 8 enter into a discussion there anything short of that and i don't think about has a chance
0: yeah so virginia tech is the other acc team on the bubble they closed the regular season with a loss to clemson that's yucky so they're now one in five in quadrant one four and five in quadrant two or five and ten in the first two quadrants with two quadrant three losses i honestly don't know how that puts them as close to the bubble as some people have them as close to the bracket as some people have them, I know they've got relatively strong computer numbers. Could be a computer trigger situation going on here. I mean, did you just hear what I said? Five and t- one quarter, one win, five and ten in the first two five games under five hundred in the first two quarters with two quarter three losses. Like that, to, to me, they got a lot of work to do.
1: The predictors are good, and I think that's what's ha- helping them here. Not that that should be the the difference. Uh, you know, always up computer to discuss yeah, I know. BPI 21, Kempom 29, Sagarin 36. That's why they're that's why right now Virginia Tech in the eyes of many is a five, six, seven spots out, outside the cut line as we speak right now. It absolutely needs to win at least two. Maybe three is even necessary, but two even just has to get you in the conversation. And, and I don't know if they'll do it. They're going to have to beat the, the two-seed in Notre Dame to get there.
0: We've got a computer tricker situation that has we developed. Might. We in the ACC so got to beat Clemson, NC state in the second round. That goes without saying, I think got to beat Notre Dame in the quarters. And then you'd probably have a semifinal game at that point with North Carolina. As Far as I'm concerned, they got to win that one too. It, it, you put me on the committee. I'm not putting Virginia Tech on the field unless they're playing in the title game of the ACC tournament.
1: Fair, fair. I, I'll be, I'll be interested to see if Virginia Tech beats Notre Dame by the time we get to Friday morning where it would be projected uh, at that point by a number of different people and what other results have happened around conference tournaments that might impact them negatively or positively.
0: All right, Dead Leg, let's pick a title game. Who you got playing for the ACC Tournament Championship? Who you got winning it? Hold on. Can I at least get a bid
1: thief here? I, Virginia is the only one. Would you agree? Bid thief has no shot in it at large, needs to win it all to get in the field. Virginia, is that the only one that you could conceivably see happening in this tournament? Yeah.
0: I mean and the only reason is because, you know, T- Tony Bennett is terrific and he can win games he's not supposed to win. Um I I do not think we'll be in a bid steal situation here, but yeah, if anybody's gonna do it, Virginia's the best candidate, clearly. I would
1: agree and it it would not surprise me. It really wouldn't surprise me if we looked up on Saturday and Virginia was playing in the title game. I'm not saying it's likely you got to pick one bid thief. Virginia's on the sixth line. That would be, that would be the pick there. Uh, as for the title, I will go Duke against North Carolina. How dangerous is UNC right now? Tar heels coming off that huge win. Uh, can they, can they keep it up? And will we get a rematch here? If so, uh, you know how will Duke look in that kind of spot? How how angry will it be if indeed it can get there? So I will go not all the way chalk. UNC is the three; it's not the two. I will go Carolina to get past um, Notre Dame. I kind of feel like it might be a little chalky there, and then I will go Duke. I'll go Duke over UNC, and I think that whatever that line is, I will take Duke to cover that line. I th- I think that they are going to have a, a big time performance, and I'll say Paolo Banquero is the ACC tournament most outstanding player, and Duke getting that. And then to circle back to the top of the convo. Duke wins the ACC tournament. It's still not enough. It gets a number two seed.
0: I'm with you. Duke against North Carolina in the title game. That'd be a lot of fun. Will they shake hands or will they not shake hands? All right. And then yeah, I think Duke wins it. But I just thought of the the new most hilarious thing that could happen uh, before uh, the regular season finale. Uh, we wondered uh, how how hilarious it would be if North Carolina actually went to Duke and won the game. Didn't think they'd do it, but we like. Thought well, wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be really funny? And then it happened. How about this for the next hilarious thing that could happen? Duke goes to the title game in NCAA tournament. I mean ACC tournament, loses to North Carolina. Okay. Duke goes to the Final Four. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Plays North Carolina again, loses again. What if the last three losses of Coach K's career were to North Carolina, North Carolina, and North Carolina? Wouldn't that be something? Uh,
1: that, that's for all of eternity. If that actually happens, okay, <laughs> that's not happening.
0: All of eternity.
1: Ah, oh, that you're right though. That's, that is taking it to its utmost extreme, but you and I agree. Duke is going to, Duke is going to win and, and be on the two line. One more quick thing from me as we get out of here. Um, Another just storyline connected to this on a team that we don't think will do much in the tournament. Uh, Whenever Louisville loses, how long will it take for that school to hire its next coach? You know, will it be Kenny Payne or will it be someone that's currently coaching as a head coach uh, in a power conference or or elsewhere? Who knows? But we would think that Louisville will be out before we get to the weekend and then the race will be on for, you know, the the search has already been ongoing, but once the season ends truly, then, um, that'll just be the job opening tied in this conference to keep, to keep an eye on. And I would think it wouldn't take them more than seven to 10 days at most to get it done. They want to get it done quickly.
0: Well, it, it comes down to who they're hiring. Like, uh, you know, if, if they're hiring Kenny Payne, I would assume you can get that done in less than a week, you know? Yeah. Honestly, if you're hiring Kenny Payne, it should already be done. Um, but like, but like, what if they're hiring Kevin Willard? Right. You know, that's going to take a minute because Seton Hall is going to be in the NCAA tournament. So how long will it take Louisville to get a coach? It depends on who they're hiring. If they're hiring somebody who's unemployed or Kenny Payne, um, then that could get done quickly. If they're hiring a sitting head coach, you got to assume that's somebody who's going to be in the NCAA tournament. And if it's somebody in the NCAA tournament, well, then you just play in a waiting game, right?
1: Uh, I think so. I mean, it might take longer than the seven to to ten day time frame that I suggested. But if it's like Kenny Payne or someone that's not in the tournament, then it shouldn't take too, too long. But uh, keep an eye for that. Again, I will be on hand at... Barclays Center. I'll be going back and forth between Big East and Barclays, and there's some intrigue with the ACC. But if you're if you're kind of looking at that field, being like, "Eh," I kind I get you. It's it's not over. It's I wouldn't say that it's a top three conference tournament of of the six big ones we're previewing here, but you never know. And it's got the Duke factor. I just want to see if Duke comes out and is able to be a dominant, ticked off team that's really going to try and send a statement, or will they just be a little bit vulnerable? Keep an eye on that as they get going in Brooklyn in just a couple of days.
0: Shouts to Devin Downey, shouts to Chester, South Carolina, shouts to Andrew Bridges, 6'5 legend, Average 0.6 points in seven games for Baylor, 1994-95 season. Shouts to Larnell, thank you guys for listening once again to the Iron College Basketball Podcast, middle of the absolute dumbest pandemic of my lifetime. If you're not subscribed, please subscribe You anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify, we need five stars, both places, nice review, at Apple, more of us than there are of them. There's more of us than there are of them. Smash that like button before you get out of here. If you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, do that, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Till then, take care. The wait is over. The shy returns with new episodes on Paramount Plus to bring you to the show? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side.
1: Never should have sent a boy to
0: do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime Annual Plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply.